uh, Ash, how come you don't know everything about huckleberries? I right can tell now? you a lot about blackberries and marionberries, which are basically <laughs> the same thing. Because they're love that. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. Hi. <laughs> welcome back to That Pretentious Book Club. Welcome back. We're so happy to not to uh, have you hear us. To have you he- We're so happy that you are hearing us. And you are so happy that you are hearing us. Aren't you? If we say it, will it be true? <laughs> you love this podcast. You love it. <laughs> it's your favorite podcast. You're going to leave us a five-star Five review. <laughs> They're like, oh, no. <laughs> They're like, I have just closed the app. <laughs> <laughs> I have just sworn off podcasts forever <laughs> congratulations <laughs> you know what if you aren't gonna listen to our podcast don't listen to any, any podcast it's true we can't we'll ruin you for podcasts forever <laughs> that over there is kendall shaw aka dr spoons palermo hi howdy and that is ash o'rourke but you can call her wheezy it ain't easy being wheezy <laughs> what is your name <laughs> dear listener i hope i yell hope it right now somebody in their car i hope was immediately like that's uh, Sarah or something. <laughs> I'm I'm Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, it's nice to meet you. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> I'm Michael. Hi, Michael. Oh, How's we've it got going? a dude listener. <laughs> oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. The whole one. The whole one of them. <laughs> Michael representing men. All right, let's hear it for Woo! Michael. Okay. <laughs> it feels like it's been like a long time since we did this. When I don't know. I kind of like that we're introduced to people who aren't even. Here. I know. I love it. Yeah. Thank you guys for. I hope we actually do have listeners with those names, so they feel like we spoke to them if directly. Your name is Michael or Rachel or we Sarah. actually are speaking to you directly. <laughs> that, yeah, that one is actually for you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for being here. You guys specifically. Everyone else is like, eh. <laughs> yeah, we could take or leave you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, um, how has uh, life been this week? Well, life has been jolly good. <laughs> jolly good. <laughs> I've actually been speaking in a lot of accents this week, specifically like um, a bit of a Southern thing because of our book choices. Oh, but so it really has been a jolly good week. It's been jolly good, I reckon. But um, I reckon. <laughs> well, it's been all right. I don't know. It's I been cold. I start to hear, after reading these books, I start to like hear, my like my voice in my head has like an accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you like doing it too long, then it gets stuck in your head. For yeah, sure. it's true. Yeah. It's been very cold and wet here in uh, central Texas. So mm-hmm. yeah, it sent me into a depression again. Oh, man. Every time the sun comes out and it gets warm, I'm like, oh, my God, finally. Yes. <laughs> the dark night is over. <laughs> and then, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then you go outside and it's still freezing. It's literally freezing <laughs> and it's very wet. And finally, the sun came out again today. It's still going to be chilly, but at least there's sunshine coming in. That's why I opened all of the blinds and curtains in my whole apartment is because I need the sunshine. Mm-hmm. And the hobby's going to get back today and he's going to be like, oh, my God, why is it so bright in here? Close the blinds. <laughs> like, not all of us have been outside for days and days. It's true. Poor Javi. And, like, the worst weekend of this year, like, weather-wise, he had to go out to the field. And it sucks. It's also a little bit funny to me, but also I felt bad <laughs> for him. Imagining him in the cold and wet, you're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I definitely chuckled about it yesterday because I went and I actually ended up hanging out with like a lot of his friends uh-huh. because I'm like friends with their wives and stuff uh-huh. and just everybody happened to be there. Yeah. And I was like, 
No, it's just, and there was like brisket and I was like Javi's life sucks Ooh. right now <laughs> you're like I'm living large <laughs> exactly. I sent him a picture of his friends and of the brisket and he's like I'm so miserable oh no like, oh, now I feel it's bad horrible. I, know. <laughs> I mean it's kind of funny but it's a little because you know he would do it to me oh of course he whenever would. I'm on a diet he like takes pictures of like the most amazing foods and they're like so <laughs> so fried you can see the grease dripping uh, off and I'm just like I'm gonna cry or kill something because those are the only two movies <laughs> yeah it's pretty great well how uh how about you oh depressed right depressed um, is how i've been this week yeah, yeah. because of the weather yeah. yeah um i think that's pretty much been it and then i've also been like um reeling between like uh i need to hang out with friends more i don't need people yeah. and yeah i do that pre- like every couple months i get in that space where i'm like i'm so isolated and i'm like it's killing me and then i'm also like but hang on you don't want to make friends so what's the solution? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so that's been rough. I did some journaling to try and sort it out. And I basically sorted it out, which is that I want social interaction, but I don't trust people enough to make friends. Mm. So I'm just going to stay with not having many friends. <laughs> and I think that's preferable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've actually felt better since I sorted it out. Okay. Because well, I was just good. like in the middle of like, I'm upset and I don't know why. I think it has something to do with people. Yeah. And that was about as far as I processed it. Hmm. Well, it's good to process it. You yeah. Know? You'd think I'd be better at it, but I'm not actually great at processing feelings. It's, it's, I'm not either really. Like I'm very emotional, but. It's honestly hard for me to, when I have deep feelings, to think about them for too long. Dude, right? Yeah. I just distract myself with something else. Yeah. And I feel like probably a lot of like writers are like, no, I, I'm, if I'm not writing, I'm not processing it. Yeah. And I just don't. And I haven't been. And so then Javi's like, why are you upset? And I'm like, I don't even, I don't, there's feelings. And he's like, what feelings? And I'm like, I, I don't, I, they're feelings. I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, I can't help you. And I'm like, why not? Uh, you're like, um characters go to therapy tiktok series that should be about us this week you really should be they go to therapy tell me how you're feeling how i'm what sorry Fe- feeling feeling whether like um, emotions is that what the question or? i don't understand <laughs> yep uh, i think that's i'm trying to think of anything else interesting that's happened this week we're making slow progress with trying to close on that house that we're buying I'm getting very excited. I have decided as of this week, I really, really want a dog. And part of that is probably the isolation thing, too, is because I'm like, then I have a friend who has to hang out with me. (laughs) Like, who wants to also. Like, because like a dog never is never like, "Mm, I don't want to be around you. Like, even my cats, who knows where they are right now? Mm -hmm. They're like, "Mm, I'm done with you for now. I'll see you again when I want to see you. (laughs) But a dog is always like, oh, my God, do you want to hang out? Do you want to hang out? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God, do you love me? I mean, I'm like, I do love you. How could I not love you? And they're like, I love you too. And you're like, yes, this is amazing. So I really want a dog really bad. And Javi, who's a cat lady, is like, yeah, yeah, we'll get a dog. And I'm like, no, this is urgent. You don't understand. We need a dog. Stat. Yeah, we need a dog right now. Uh, and it's been, it's been a long time since I had a dog, but... I'm very excited. So also we can't really get a dog till we move into the property. So, and I can't do any of like the home improvement stuff my brain is like focused on. So I'm also, it's just, it's that weird like limbo space. I do not do good with limbo. I'm a move forward person. So whenever I'm forced to like sit still, I just, it makes me angsty. So yeah, I've just been an angsty week and the weather was bad. So kind of stewing. Yeah. Just kind of stewing all week. And poor hobby is like, 
I don't know what to do to help you. And I'm like, I don't know either. And I'm mad at you for that. (laughs) But you should know. You should know, even though I don't know. Tell me how I'm feeling. (laughs) It is rough. I've been like a very stereotypical, like emotional, hormonal woman this week. And Javi's been so sweet about it. And he hasn't like called it out once or been like impatient with me. He's just like, I don't know how to help you. And I'm like, well, that makes me even sadder. <laughs> well, you know, I feel sorry for you that you don't know what to do. And I do. I feel sorry for him in multiple ways because I'm also like, I am not a treasure to be around this week. <laughs> a treasure to be around. Most weeks oh. I am a treasure to be around. <laughs> this week I was not. <laughs> but you know what a dog would think I was regardless. That's so. true. Yeah. You look at a dog and the, the dog is like, oh my God, no one has ever been better than you. <laughs> it's so true. I saw this thing um, that made me laugh so hard, like that dogs are apparently one of the only animals that recognize, like domestic pets that recognize the difference between humans and dogs. Like they know that you're different than mm-hmm. them. Um, and cats just think that humans are really terrible at being cats. <laughs> I think that's amazing. <laughs> I like saved that like meme or whatever and like not a meme but like a little like uh-huh. screenshot of it and I just been rereading it every day because there's just something so entertaining to well, me about cats that. are just so conceited you know yeah. so, like everyone should be They're a cat like, what a terrible cat you are <laughs> disgusting <laughs> But they love you anyway. Do See, they? that almost makes cats sweeter because then it's like when they're sweet to you, they're like, listen, you're so bad at this and I do love you. I love you anyways. And I they also- bring you things. Sometimes our cat used to bring us just the hearts of the animal she would kill. Holy cow. I know. I was like, thank you, Emma, but no thank you. She's like, I don't understand. I killed a whole nest of baby rabbits for you and this is how you treat me. I'm going to pee in your stove. Oh, no. She was like Emma was the most chaotic cat we've ever had we had her since she was a kitten and she just from the start was just like chose evil <laughs> Emma was built different she was so built different <laughs> oh man yeah it's too funny and then I also saw this thing years ago that I this is the other thing I think about when I'm sad because it makes me happy it's like I guess they like tested like the I don't know like endorphins or something or or, like a neural activity of like when elephants look at humans and it's the same thing that we have like when we look at puppies isn't that cute and I'm like they think we're cute every elephant fact I learn makes me cry yeah elephants are amazing I'm obsessed with elephants yeah they're so dorky and sweet and they're so smart yeah but like they, and they don't unlike cats like that just kind of look down on you at least a little <laughs> even when they're like i like you but you are an idiot uh-huh. they're like sweet puppy humans yeah. oh, you just can't help being silly puppies and we love you yeah and, like I mean, it makes them happy i think that's adorable because like <laughs> i mean we are so much smaller than them i'm We're not surprised so much, i know they're, it makes so much sense <laughs> And elephants, like, I love videos of, like, elephants playing tricks on things uh-huh. or people in or, like, hiding. Yeah. Or also the thing about elephants having, like, funerals for other elephants. Oh. You're right. Every single elephant fact will make you cry. <laughs> this is so sad. They're so sweet. Oh. Also, apparently, like, baby elephants aren't very good at, like, trunk musculature yet. They have to, like, really work on, like, mastering their trunks. That is so funny. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Like, they have to be so intelligent because how do you figure out how to use like an additional appendage on your face yeah like i cannot that sounds hard it sounds super hard it's kind of cute too it's like they have a little hand almost it is it's like it is like a hand because all the others are just legs it's yeah not like yeah. yeah i think that's cute that they can maneuver things
things, like little, little raccoons. Yeah. Oh, and raccoons are cute. Raccoons too. are so cute. And how they wash their little hands. Oh my gosh, it's adorable. I like how they're still they're still like a little round in their tummies. <laughs> I've like never seen a raccoon that wasn't fat. No, I never have either. <laughs> my mom used to apparently like really be obsessed with raccoons as a kid. Like she had like raccoon wallpaper or something, and I think that's hysterical. That is cute. Oh my gosh. Haley's also obsessed with raccoons. There the raccoon when we lived in Oregon, there was this raccoon that really wanted to get to our chickens. And we would close them up at night, so I don't think it ever did. But um I would see because we parked our old truck down there, like by the chicken coop, and I would come out in the morning, there would be just like those like just little very defined raccoon (laughs) handprints all (laughs) over the truck. Because they were just pacing, just looking at the chickens, just like I'm gonna get one of you someday. Would a raccoon like how would it kill a chicken? I don't they do. I don't know. Our chickens were I mean, eh, pretty decent sized. If we had had like the smaller chickens, like bantam roosters mm-hmm. or chickens like that, then maybe they could have or like more like little silkies cuz they're t- kind of tiny. If we had smaller breed chickens, I have no doubt that a raccoon could have taken it. Like just bite it maybe. And... Just bite it and run off with it. I mean, they're not Yeah. They're not that big. Chickens aren't that tough. Our, ch- our some of our chickens were just um they were a little bit bigger. I think we also closed them up at night so they're a little more protected. Our ducks are so dense. Ducks are, they're supposed to be so buoyant. And I'm like, how are you so heavy and so buoyant at the same time? They're so dense. Thick. They are thick. And our blondie, our thickest, uh, our thickest boy duck we ever had. Yes. He was huge. And he just disappeared one day. So he was taken by something. But I'm like, what on earth could have taken something like that? Poor blondie. Yeah, but also poor us. Oh my God, what was lurking in in our property that could have taken Blondie. <laughs> an he army of raccoons. <laughs> had to have been an army of raccoons. <laughs> he was like, I, I'm trying to like think of a football and then like inflate it to like four or five times its size <laughs> and then like fill it with sand. And that was about Blondie's size. <laughs> and he was also very stupid, even for a duck. Yeah, I remember you telling me about Blondie. He wasn't bright, so that was part of the problem, I'm sure. Poor thing. The raccoons were like, hey, want to come hang out with us? And he's like, oh, don't mind if I do. And that was the last anyone ever heard of Blondie the duck. Yeah, it was rough. Well, we have like kind of a fun theme going today. We're recording two episodes at once and it's almost Mardi Gras and we accidentally picked two books that like are on the Mississippi River. Yes, so, we did. We surely did. We, we sure did. <laughs> um, the first one we're doing today is The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. By Mark Twain. He is one of my all-time favorite authors. It's always It's been a competition between him and Oscar Wilde and Jane Austen for my favorite classic author. But I think Mark Twain might win out because he has more that I like. He is such a personality, too. He is. And he's so sarcastic and so witty and clever. Yeah, he's honestly an icon. I know. He is. He's <laughs> In an all icon. of those things where it's like inviting someone over for dinner, he's always on my list. Like if you could invite anybody <laughs> over, over living or dead. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And he'd have so many stories. Yeah. And I yeah. think he'd get along with pretty much everybody because he'd just poke fun at everyone. Yeah. Except for people who were like super pro-government, because apparently later in life he became super anti-government, and a lot of people were like, "We don't like you anymore, Mark Twain." <laughs> <laughs> he is an anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh man, I have like a crazy long summary because I used to be obsessed with Mark Twain. So you think I would have remembered more of this, but I it was all like it was new again. Well, I'm excited so. to hear it. Should we just jump into it? Yeah. Well, I have great news. First of all, I got all this information from marktwainhouse.org. All right. Yes, you can always trust a .org, and I finally found a .org again. <laughs> Sometimes these are hard to find. 
Um, so some of you may already know this, but Mark Twain's real name was Samuel L. Clemens. Uh, Mark Twain was just his author and his pen name, and he didn't even start using it until like halfway through his career or more. He was born on November 30th in 1835 in Florida, Missouri. Um, do you want to guess what his zodiac sign is? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gemini. Nope. Virgo. Nope. Pisces. No. Okay, I don't know what. Sagittarius. Oh, are you kidding me? That was going to be my first guess, and then I was like, I always guess Sagittarius. No, it's a Sagittarius. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the sixth out of seven children, and at age four, he moved to Hannibal, Missouri, um, on the banks of the Mississippi River. And Hannibal, Missouri, I know in the in the Tom Sawyer musical, there's a song where they sing about Hannibal. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm thinking of it, but it could just Maybe be it was, it was on then. the Mississippi River. Um, so Samuel Clemens' uh, father owned one slave and his uncle owned several. And so that's how he kind of grew up um, visiting his uncle's farm and listening to um, tall tales and spiritual stories from the slaves there that really grabbed his imagination. And you see a ton of in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And I think it really is where his like um, problem with slavery started. Which is, you know, great. Um, great that <laughs> we he was love like, it when people have problems with slavery. slavery. <laughs> we love that. Well, you know, I just wish more people had had a problem with it back then. Yeah. It's impressive because he grew up in a culture in an area where, like, it was very normal. And he, like, kind of of his own volition just because he got to know these people that he was, like, kind of all on his own. Actually, slavery is really bad. And I, it's impressive. Very much like someone else we know. Oh, yes. Exactly. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, yes. I'm talking about Huckleberry Finn. But, oh, the book that we just read. That's right. Um, so his father died when he was only 11 years old. And at that point, he left school to work as an apprentice at a newspaper. And this, like, really started off his career in news as a news writer and later an editor and publisher. Um, he It's funny because I always think of him for his books. But, like, his the majority of his career was newspaper stuff. Mm. Um, anyway, so at 18, he moved to New York City and later Philadelphia and he, writing for multiple newspapers that time. Uh, in 1857, he began his notable career as a riverboat pilot on the Mississippi River, oh. which inspired a lot of his work. And he's pretty well known for being a riverboat pilot. Um but in 1861, the Civil War like stalled all river traffic, and thereby his career. And he, I don't think he ever became a, a riverboat pilot again. At that point, um, he did volunteer for the Confederate um, forces, but only for two weeks. So who knows what was going on there? <laughs> he was like, "Actually, I'm out." He's actually, "I'm out." But it just goes to show, like, people like to when we talk about history, act like everything is really black and white. And a lot of it was, wasn't. I think a lot of people who served in the Confederacy were... Mark Twain had already... Samuel Clemens, at this point, had already knew he was anti-slavery. But for whatever reason, he still felt compelled to, for a very short time, join the movement. So it's just really weird to think, like, why? I think... I don't know. There's just yeah, so much like, going what on. what was that? There's yeah. always... I mean, obviously, we have some things that are true. Like, slavery is bad. Slavery is but bad. There and are... I'm glad that the Confederacy lost. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Screw y'all. But also, there's, yeah. like always weird things in history yeah there's always weird stuff going on you're like why did yeah why was that samuel like you know what i mean i think a lot of i think uh, i feel like a lot of the people that fought in the on the confederate side like there's no way all of them were like yeah slavery is great because they're hot it's not like samuel l clemens is an isolated incident of someone who was like wow slavery is really shitty and bad and we shouldn't have it but there was a lot of like the south wants independence which is not at all uncommon either um, I'm also I'm glad he left the Confederacy. <laughs> I am very glad he only volunteered for two weeks, or else yeah. it'd be like it's harder to support you. <laughs> but, anyways, it's just interesting to no, see. No, totally, that. I completely agree. Um, 
See, he followed the Silver Rush to Nevada in 1861, and he had like a bunch of like kind of misadventures along the way because it was kind of like frontier land at the time. Uh, and that also inspired some of his writing. Uh, he did not shockingly get rich off silver. And uh, then he's worked for another newspaper, and that's when he changed his name to Mark Twain. Uh, and then he moved to uh, San Francisco. I didn't know he was paper writing. Silver Rush. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Well, he tried to. He followed. I guess I think it was his brother or something was like, "Hey, come with me. There's a Silver Rush in Nevada. We're gonna go strike it rich." And they didn't. So then he's like, "I'll go back to newspapers because that's my thing." Uh, in 1865, he had his big break with the short story Jim Smiley and His Jumping Frog. It was published in newspapers nationwide. I have not read it. I have heard of it. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> it sounds kind of dumb, Mark. <laughs> super dumb, Mark. Um, let's see, his writings became super popular, and he started going on like lecture tours around the um, around the country, which started his career as quote unquote stage performing. And I could not figure out what that meant. Like, does he just go talk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people were just super into, like, people lecturing them. Yeah, they were like, just come, like, tell us how we're wrong. <laughs> uh, he is it, maybe so Maybe it was funny. a roast. Maybe Mark would just get up and roast everyone. Yeah, I feel like it had to be not entirely different than stand-up comedy these days. At least with Mark Twain, because he was so funny and witty. And I he mean, would, that's what comedians yeah. do, is point out how society is ridiculous. They just do it in a funny way. Our, our big award that we give to comedians is literally called the Mark Twain Award. Wait, I did not know that. Yeah. Holy crap. So he was a stand-up comedian, basically. Yeah. Oh, my probably. gosh. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm going to go with that because it makes <laughs> a lot of sense now that he's my favorite. Um, then he became uh, kind of a travel writer for a while. He took a steamship tour of Europe, which inspired more of his writing. And this is where he met his future brother-in-law, Charles Langdon, who showed him a picture of his sister, Olivia, and <gasps> Sam fell in love with her. No way. <laughs> From seeing the picture. That is cute. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he called her Livy. Sam and Livy. Courted for two years before they were married in 1870. They settled in Buffalo, New York, um, and Sam became a partner editor and writer for uh, a daily newspaper there. They had their first child, Langdon Clemens, so they named Named him after the brother. Yeah, yeah, which is sweet. Uh, and then in 1871, they moved to Hartford, Connecticut, and their first daughter, Susie, was born. Their son died at the age of two from diphtheria. No, Langdon. Yeah, Langdon died, which is very sad, and this continues to be No! Sad. Oh, um, wait, I think I know this. Okay. Yeah. So in 1873, uh, his a lot of the, his writing turned to a focus on social criticism, <laughs> A lot of it was about, like, down with the rich, and then ironically that year he built a 25-room house. So you're like, I don't know about you, Mark, sometimes. <laughs> it sounds awesome. But um, eventually they had three daughters, and he wrote his most famous books, including The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, Life on the Mississippi, The Prince and the Pauper, which I always forget was him. I always want to read that, and I never do. Yeah, same. Um, a Connecticut Yankee in King, in King Arthur's, Arthur's court. court. Yep. And then The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which is actually considered like his most popular book, which I didn't know. I thought Tom Sawyer because everyone knows Tom Sawyer. Yeah, but... I would definitely. That's interesting. Yeah. But no, apparently it was The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And that's in which he really openly railed against the inst- institution of slavery and the failures of reconstruction. So when they tried to reconstruct the South after the Civil War, that was um, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> they basically like, you know, raped and pillaged it was basically the civil war was very brutal on the south and again i'm very glad the confederacy lost but the south took a long time to recover and so that's what a lot of um samuel clemens's work focused on so 
The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn were also the first book that was published by his own publishing company, the Charles L. Webster Company. Uh, after this, mm. he made a series of bad investments and poor inventions, and he went bankrupt. Poor inventions? Yeah, I, did, I didn't list what they were, but I'm curious <laughs> to know, like, what... What he, was he inventing? <laughs> I don't know. Or he was investing in other people's stupid inventions. Oh, God. Um, and he went bankrupt. Uh, they moved to Europe... Um, and he went on. You know what you do when you when go you, bankrupt. I know. I don't know why they did that. But he then he went on a world tour for, to make more money. And when his daughter Susie was visiting Hartford again um, at their home there, she actually died at the age of twenty four from meningitis. And they never returned to that home anymore because it reminded them too much of her. That's so sad. It's very sad. Um, he continued to travel and write, but the more he traveled around um, Europe, he became a self-proclaimed anti-imperialist. He didn't like how like the bigger European countries were stomping on the little ones, which I mean, I agree with. And then from here, he turns kind of dark and sarcastic. And people, he, he fell out of favor with a lot of people because he became very anti-government with his speeches. Um, so, you know, some people still love him. He's still very clever. I mean, even if you don't like what he has to say, you have to be like, ah, but the way you say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why he never, like, completely, no one knows ever, like, Mark Twain is stupid and we hate him. But a lot of people were like, oh, he was better in his you know, earlier days. Well, I mean, he seems like a person who's very passionate. Like, he yeah. gets an idea and then runs with it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that. This also kind of sounds, sounds like the careers of stand-up comedians honestly <laughs> really it kind of feels like a lot of them go um see in 1903 he returned to and to new york city and then um livy became ill they returned to italy and she passed away no. um i know their middle daughter married in 1909 the same year that their youngest daughter died of an epileptic seizure. oh my god so mark that only one kid survived Oh, yeah. She's the middle daughter who, who got married in 1909. That was really sad. That's terrible. Um, and four months after his youngest daughter died on April 21st, 1910, Sam passed away at the age of 74. Four months after? Four months after. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. So really tragic that stuff That is tragic. Well, but, you know, um, that goes to show a lot of people who deal with, like, things are end up being really funny actually no because <laughs> you have to you have to process it somehow yeah like, if you don't laugh you'll cry yeah i mean oh my gosh also what just a crazy time to be alive too seriously to be born in like what 1835 i forget and then live through the civil, war. Through the civil war travel all around europe in that time steamships became a big deal like reconstruction in the south like he saw so much crazy shit go yeah down. he did yeah and now we have all of his books. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Sam. Well, that, well, that was great. Thanks, Ash. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was like, what if other podcasts say there? I was like, thanks for that. Blah, blah, blah. Now moving on. <laughs> and now moving on to the next segment. Now, breaking story. <laughs> the Adventures uh, of Huckleberry Finn. The Adventures Finn. of Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> so, okay. I read this book for the first time as a junior in high school and immediately was like, this book is everything to me. Yeah. When did you read it? Uh, I think it was also in high school. Yeah. And I was like, I've never been so happy with like a classic <laughs> book. Like I've never enjoyed a classic so much I couldn't it put it down. It is extremely enjoyable. Yeah. But I mean, it might even be better than um, Pride and Prejudice is, I've always said it's my favorite classic, but I think it's because I forget about this one. I actually think this is my favorite because it's so accessible. Like you don't have to use your brain like to understand it like some of Jane Austen stuff I'm like oh god so many big words at once okay (laughs) let me break it down this is very simple because it's written from a kid's perspective yeah and I think I love it because it's like funny easy to read 
um, enjoyable. It goes by really fast, but it's also very poignant and it's very um, important, I think, especially yeah. for like when it was written. Like Absolutely. you can tell Tom Sawyer is like, it's Tom Sawyer is a fun book and I really like reading it. But then when you read Huckleberry Finn, you're like, oh, this is like elevated. There's like more to this, you yeah. know, which I think is so cool. Anyway, also Huckleberry Finn is just the best character. Oh, hey, you think I could get Javi to agree to name our kid Huckleberry? Huckleberry. That's so cute. Huckleberry. Huck. Oh. Huckleberry. (laughs) So, so, Huck. Oh. Say Huckleberry Finn. It's from the uh, Adventures of Tom Story, the musical. (laughs) I played the teacher. Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) It was my first speaking role. Woohoo. All right. Yeah, there's a song all about Huckleberry Finn, though. It's adorable. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, so cute. I'm going to have to, like, get into that i have never really gotten into that music it's pretty funny it's i mean it's a great it's great musical for kids to be in yeah <laughs> oh it's yeah just, like it's just bouncy and fun and tom sawyer is a really fun book too it is really after fun. reading this i was like i really want to read tom, tom sawyer, sawyer again yeah. except that tom Sawyer's not like a he's such an like an anti-hero you're like i don't want to slap you oh tom. yeah i mean i hate tom sawyer tom sawyer <laughs> sucks actually but i do love his book i think my favorite quote in this book is like something that's bashing tom sawyer <laughs> <laughs> Well, I should brag. It's almost like, does Mark even like Tom Sawyer? No, there's no way. <laughs> I think he can appreciate like the little boyness. These are just the like all little boy, little boys. Like they are so. Much. Oh my gosh! I mean, Huck They're is like, like a complete. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. The beginning of this book is hilarious. It um, is. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just want to read the first line because it Go cracks for me. It. Up. You have to. Huck says in chapter one. You don't know about me without you have read a book by the name of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, but that ain't no matter. <laughs> <laughs> without, I also love the way that Huck talks. I do, too. He has the funniest way of saying things. He does. Um, oh, so cute. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, and then that book was made by Mr. Mark Twain, and he told the truth mainly. <laughs> mainly. Huck is so practical. He'll be like, I think it was the truth mainly. But sometimes he would exaggerate. And, like, it's just so he definitely knows, especially when he talks about Tom. He definitely knows that Tom is, like, a liar and also oh, yeah. has, like, bad ideas. But then, like, the full-on little boy part of Huck is like, this is a great idea. But, oh, my God. You're yeah. totally right, Tom. And I think that also that Tom is more confident than Huck is. So yeah. he's constant. Huck has this idea that tom must know actually what's right yeah he's like well it doesn't make much sense to me but if tom sawyer said it it must be true and you're like "Mm." (laughs) like oh my sweet boy no not tom no tom is a stupid idiot (laughs) he's a stupid do not take your cues from tom sawyer no thomas sawyer oh my god thomas sawyer okay (laughs) so anyway huck uh at the end of it's kind of funny because you kind of do have to know a little not i guess you don't have to know but Basically, they give you a little exposition from Tom Sawyer in case you didn't know what happened at the end of Tom Sawyer. Yeah. But at the end of Tom Sawyer, Huck and Tom both get rich because of (laughs) this basically treasure hunt that they go on. Yeah. And so Huck is rich now and he is living with the widow widow Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she is uh, making him... uh, learn book reading and uh-huh. go to church and go to school and, and all wear that clean clothes and, and wear stuff. clean clothes mm-hmm. and so basically huck had been kind of a ragamuffin living on the edges of society because his dad is terrible that sucks. and so everyone was kind of like i mean huck was kind of an outcast yeah and he still kind of is but he's like always just very much doing his own thing yeah he loves you know <laughs> 
being on the river and being barefoot and yeah. collecting things. And yeah, he does. <laughs> so anyway, but so yeah, the widow is taking care of him. And uh, essentially uh, at the beginning, like Tom, this I just only going to mention it because it's funny, but Tom wants to start a, like a band of robbers. And so <laughs> oh my God, he and Huck and some other boys from town, like start this band of robbers where they have all these rules about what they're going to do. It's so funny. And uh, how the correct way is to rob people and all this. But they never actually do anything. They just, like, (laughs) pretend to do it. So it kind of ends up dissolving. (laughs) But uh, basically, um, Pap Finn, Huck's stupid, terrible dad, comes back. And he, because he hears that Huck is rich now. Yeah. And he wants the money. Yeah. Even though he didn't do anything for it. And he's Mm -hmm. terrible. He sucks. And so uh, Huck knows he's coming back. So he gives all his money to the judge. Yeah. Because he, like, would really rather just not even deal with it. Yeah. Um, and he's terrified of his dad. Poor baby. Mm-hmm. Basically, Huck gets basically kidnapped by his by dad. By his father, yeah. And then he and his dad are living out in, like, this old cabin again. Like, across the river. Yeah. yeah. And uh, his dad is, like, abusing him and being horrible. Mm-hmm. And so Huck kind of is like, well, I've had enough of this. Yeah. So he fakes his own death. Yeah. <laughs> very he's dramatically. So good at, he's like, I don't even think Tom Sawyer could have done better. <laughs> like, yes. Yep. Um, so he uh, fakes his death. He get, he like gets a pig, all this pig's blood. Yep. Makes it look like he was axed to death, basically. <laughs> yep. uh, which is really good. He did a good he did job. An excellent job. <laughs> yeah. And, so, uh, and then he like seals the canoe with all the stuff, yeah. so it looks like the place got ransacked. Yes. Yeah. And so he goes to uh, Jackson's Island, which mm-hmm. is nearby, and he's like, "Well, nobody's ever over there. I'll just hang out there for yeah. a bit." And he's like, "I know it pretty well enough." When he gets there, he's hanging out for a bit. He finds out everyone thinks he's dead. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, all right, it worked. He's like snickering as they're going by on like the ferry boat, like all stressed out, like looking for his body. He's like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, they're looking for a dead hug. And he's just sitting there like 10 feet away. Like, all right, yeah. <laughs> look at me go. Um, and while he's on the island, he fi- uh, encounters uh, Jim. Mm-hmm. And Jim is a slave. Mm-hmm. And he, but Huck and Jim like know each other. Yeah. And Jim was sort of in Tom Sawyer also. Mm-hmm. And so Jim is also kind of hiding out because he's run away. Yep. And he is going to go like free himself basically. Yeah. So uh, Huck is like, well, he's kind of like, oh, that's not a good thing to do, Jim. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody in his life has always been like, I mean, it's very ingrained. Like, you do not at all help runaway slaves. Yeah. And you must certainly turn them like, in. It's like morally wrong. Morally wrong, yeah. yeah. But Huck is like, already faked his own death. Mm-hmm. And he already likes Jim. And yeah. he's kind of like, well, okay. He's I like, guess. Like, if I go to hell, I go to hell. Well, not yet. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Huck um, and Jim decide that they're going to go on the river together. Mm-hmm. And so they get a raft and they're going. And, um,. So they just kind of start off. Yeah. And it's very, they're having a good old time. They are. They get along really well. They really do. They're having such a good time. (laughs) I mean, Jim's like a grown man. Yeah. Jim has a wife and children too, Mm -hmm. which is really sad because he doesn't ever get to see them because they're somewhere else. Yeah. But he, his plan is like, he's going to go get them and then like run away. But Huck, but he's like, all likes Huck and Huck like kind of really likes him. So they get along. Um, And so... While they're going along, they kind of encounter some there's weird stuff. Like there's some guys who were robbing somebody in like a 
boat. Anyway, they kind yeah. of foil the plan, but then Huck feels bad about it because he's like, oh, all the murderers is going to get drowned or whatever. Oh, <laughs> and my so God. there's all this stuff. Yeah. And then they end up, there's just a lot of misadventures, so I'm not going to go into all of them. Yeah, it's a series um, of misadventures for a while before we get back to like the thread of the right. story. Yeah. And then they kind of, they meet these like basically Hatfields and McCoys kind of people like having a feud uh-huh. and they stay with them for a bit well Huck does yeah and then the little boy gets killed and there's all this mm-hmm. stuff and so then um yeah Huck and Jim are kind of just doing their thing going along the river yeah and then oh there's this one part where um these people f- who are on like the bank think that they're like oh is that a runaway slave over there oh, and yeah. Huck kind of has a little freak out because he's like, should I turn Jim in? Uh-huh. And, but he doesn't. He yeah. can't do it. And so he's like, oh, no, that's, no, he's not. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and he basically saves Jim. And yeah. And Jim is, like, freaking out. He's all excited. Yeah. And then they run into these two characters called the king oh, and the duke. The worst. These con men. <laughs> these stupid, horrible con men. They are horrible. <laughs> and oh. they... <laughs> Basically, they're just two guys at first. And then one of them tells this story about how he's actually a long lost uh, king. Uh-huh. And um, well, he has like he's the correct like he has the lineage or something. And so uh-huh. he's like, well, I'm really a king, but I but, you know, I happen to be around here. And so Huck and Jim start calling him, you yeah, know, your majesty like, and all this. Out. OK, <laughs> but Huck doesn't really believe him. He yeah. knows he's lying, but he's, he's like, like oh, well, whatever. what's the point? I might yeah. as well. Huck does that a lot where he'll just like oblige people. Yeah. He's like, if you want to. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Huck is very pure hearted. <laughs> he really he's so pure. He like really is. Oh, I love Huck. I love him so Sweet much. baby. He's just. I just want to adopt him. Oh, my God. I'm like, Huck, I will be your family. I, I love know. you so much. <laughs> it makes me sick to think, like, he just grew up with basically no good influences, and he still and ended he up st- this way. How? Tom it grew is up unbelievable. with good influences, and he turned into a little shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Ugh. It just really shows, like, it's his nature. Like, yeah. it's so crazy. Um, And so, anyway, so the king and the – and then, the and then of course, the – other one is like well actually i'm also a prince <laughs> so he they start calling him the duke so anyway yeah. the king and the duke are con men as ash mm. said and so they go from like town to town and do a couple of cons they get like a, <laughs> the one where they're like going to the um the big like preaching tent is pretty funny uh-huh. where they <laughs> he basically oh, is like the king tells everyone that he's actually a pirate from like South Asia or something. And he is like, well, this just touched me so that I'm going to go back and preach the gospel to all the pirates. (laughs) And they're all like, Oh, bless you. And they're like, let's take up a collection for him. And so he gets all this money. for $87, (laughs) which is like a ton of money. money. Oh my God. It's so funny. Um, And Hug is like, Oh man. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, they end up. Oh, and then they have a couple of plays that go badly, mm-hmm. and they're gonna do Romeo and Juliet, and then they're gonna do Richard the Third, and then yeah. all of this. Um, <laughs> and they have to like ski daddle out of town because yes. they're like the townspeople are like, we've been tricked. Give us our money back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And at this point, Huck and Jim like don't like them. They no. don't want to be with them. But like, they don't know what to do. These guys. Yeah. Um, and so then they end up. Uh, looking for another con and they end up in this town where 
the king finds out that this guy has just died and mm-hmm. left a bunch of money and like his property and everything to his brother who mm-hmm. lives in England. Yep. And his and then that brother and then there's another relative who like mm-hmm. um is deaf and can, um can't speak. And yeah. so they pretend to be them so that they can take the money and the inheritance. Yeah. And they basically fool everybody in town and the man's three daughters oh. into believing that they are their uncles oh, who have so come. Bad. And they have these horrible British accents. Oh, <laughs> and so Huck bad. is like their little manservant boy. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> bad. He's like hiding out on the raft this whole time. Yeah. Oh. And so, <laughs> but then Huck ends up feeling really bad about it because he's like, these girls do not deserve this. Yeah. And so he basically comes up with a plan to make sure that they don't like the king and the duke don't get the inheritance yeah but at the same time everything gets kind of ruined because the actual brothers come yeah (laughs) and so everyone is confused and they don't know what to believe (laughs) and uh, only huck knows and then they have this big scene where they uh the guy apparently the man who died had a tattoo and so they're both saying what the tattoo was, uh-huh. but nobody knows what it is. So they have to go dig him up to figure oh, out who's lying. God. And so they go back to the cemetery. It's like nighttime. It's like lightning. Oh. I love this scene because like yeah. you can, he really paints a picture. He did, yeah. And so everybody's digging up the guy. And of course, at this time, Huck and the king and the duke take their chance to escape because they're obviously the fakes. Yeah. And uh, but Huck has managed to steal the money. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what gave them the escape because he put the money in the coffin beforehand. And so everyone's freaking out. Yeah. So basically, the king and the duke don't get away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, with except their lives. And he like tells the youngest daughter, like, if you like when you need to like basically like put them on trial, like just basically call the town over where they ran this other scam. They're yes. going to help. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then. Duke and uh, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I got that Jim and Huck um, they think that they're gonna get away without like without the king, the Duke and the King but then uh-huh. they come aboard anyway and so then they're still stuck with them uh-huh. then a little bit down the river they get kind of separated or something and we find out that the Duke and the King have ratted Jim out yep. for money yep and I was so pissed off it was awful <laughs> horrible and um so Huck is like freaking out a little bit. Yeah, he's and this, like, I have to find yeah. him. Yeah. And so yeah. this is where he has his big moment where he's like, his whole life he's been told, you know, this and this and this. Yeah. He's lived in this society that like does not value people really. Yeah. Um, And he still comes out of it with this conviction he's like well i have to help jim yeah and he literally thinks while he's saying that that he's doing the wrong thing he because of what he's gonna everyone... go to hell if he helps jim and yes. he's like i guess so then he's like i guess i'll go to hell yeah it is so it's amazing that scene like breaks my heart because yeah. it is so crazy good <laughs> so good <laughs> he is like so convicted to do what he thinks is right that yeah. he can't Oh, my God. It's so amazing. It's so good. It's just by against all odds, he's managed to, like, break free of the, what everything in society yeah. has told him his yeah. whole life. Um, so anyway, he decides he's going to go help Jim because he loves Jim. He yeah. likes Jim. They, he, Jim is his friend. Yeah. Jim is a way better friend than Tom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Jim is 
Jim is a really nice guy. He's so... <laughs> how is Jim so nice? He's, he's like, like, extremely nice. And he just puts up with, like, a huck. I know. <laughs> and, like, even cares about him. You're just like... He does. You have every right to hate everybody, Jim. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, that's so true. Like, if I was Jim, no way. No. No. Hello. I don't care about you. But, no, yeah. he does. Um, It's really crazy. And so, anyway, Huck... Decides he's going to go rescue Jim. Mm -hmm. And the place where Jim is being, like, held prisoner, basically, because they're like, oh, he's a runaway slave. Mm -hmm. Huck shows up, and the people who live there are like, oh, it's you, Tom Tom Sawyer. Sawyer. (laughs) Yes. They haven't seen Tom. And, like, I guess Tom's, like, aunt or whatever, Uh or mom or whatever. I forget who Tom lives with. Yeah. Like, sent a letter saying, hey, you can expect him. He's on his way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tom is, like, related to these people in some way. And so, yeah. So they're expecting Tom, but it's Huck. And so Huck is like, oh, thank goodness I know who I am. Yeah, he's like, at least I can pretend (laughs) well. At least I know. Yeah. So he pretends to be Tom. And then when Tom actually shows up, Mm -hmm. Tom pretends to be Sid, his cousin, who he hates, um, which is funny to me. And so, but Huck is basically tells Tom what the deal is. And he's like fully expecting Tom to be like, Huck, no, that's a horrible thing. We can't do that. But Tom is like, no, sure, I'll help you. I'll help. But we got to, because, and then Huck is like, this is my plan to get him out. And it's like a very (laughs) simple plan that would definitely work. And Tom is like, that's a horrible plan. Shit for brains. We're going to actually make this way harder than it has to be. Because it's got to have pizzazz. Oh my God. This is like the most frustrating thing I've ever read. And Huck is like, (laughs) no, same. Huck is like, I guess if that's the way it's supposed to be done. Because Tom's like, you can't orchestrate an escape like that. You got to do it. He's talking about like all the stuff that he's read in books about how people escape. He's like, you have to tunnel out for years and years. And Huck's like, well, I guess if that's the way you're supposed to do it. And you're like, and Tom's like, absolutely it is. Yeah. Tom's like, don't you know anything, Huckleberry Finn? Yeah. What does he keep saying? Something like, well, if I was as dumb as you, I just wouldn't say anything. Or something yeah. like that. He keeps like just basically being like, Huckleberry Finn, you're an idiot. Yeah. And Huck is like, I guess you're right. Huck's like, well, it's true. I guess. He like never has any animosity towards Tom. And Tom's no. like, idiot, shut up. I have a better plan. We're going to do this. Oh, my God. And Huck's like, okay, I guess. I know. Oh, my God. Huck, please. Huck keeps going like, I didn't see any sense in it. But if Tom said it was right, it must be right. And you're like, yes. No, sweetie, no. Like, no, Tom is stupid. Please, please, Huck. Uh, Listen to me. Oh, it's so frustrating because so they basically have this, like, two-week-long escape plan that involves so many things that don't need to happen. Yeah, they could have easily rescued him in one night. And it's like... It's like, can't, it's not even funny, really, because this is, the stakes are so high. Like, this is Jim's life at stake, basically. And we have Tom Sawyer over here being like, okay, but we can't just do it the easy way or else that won't be no fun. Oh my and I'm God. like, Tom, this is, this first is of all, about not fun. about you. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun at all. This is very serious. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. Nothing is serious to Tom. Oh, my God. Tom almost has, like, he can't tell the difference between, like, fiction and reality. And I'm like, it is almost alarming. Because I'm like, you are old enough that you should be able to at least... (laughs) know the difference like is he a sociopath big he peter has pan no energy. empathy yeah big peter and peter pan also is sociopath. kind of a sociopath it's weird i truly think tom might be a sociopath not i think even he might lying. be i think he doesn't peter care pan also oh yeah be. peter pan for sure yeah Ah, uh, tom and so it's just really frustrating and and poor even jim is like i guess if he says that's the way you yeah, have to do it i mean like <laughs> jim is like this is ridiculous yeah and Jim's tom is like no this is how we have to do it and jim's like I guess. Like, he, can't, he 
can't do yeah, anything. Yeah, what's Tim going to do? It's so upsetting. I'm like, Tom, you stupid idiot. And so in the course of them, like, rescuing Jim, quote unquote, they also, like... <laughs> you know, basically make it worse for him. They, like, put a bunch of spiders in there because, well, have you ever heard of a prison without any spiders? That, there's no sense in that. Yeah. And then <laughs> Jim's like, well, I hate spiders. And Tom's like, well, that don't matter none. <laughs> and then oh, they, God. like, steal stuff from the house. All and stuff that does not have to be stolen no. that causes all its own drama. All so much drama. It's, like, insane. And oh. basically, long story short, they um, have their big escape plan and they're going to do it like that night. But Tom and it's going to be a fine. Yeah. But then Tom is like, well, we better alert some people so that there there's can be always drama. a letter. There's always a letter that they get like that. The, you know, whatever <laughs> villains or something get before the big escape happens, warning them. Yeah. It's like ups the ante. And Huck's like, I don't know. And Tom is like, shut up. Trust me, Huckleberry Finn. I know everything. <laughs> I am Tom Sawyer. I know all. I know all. And so, yeah. So then all these people are waiting for them but they still manage to escape with jim mm-hmm. and they're like going but then they're sh- getting shot at and uh-huh. tom gets shot in the leg <laughs> which he's stoked about honestly he's having a grand old time he's just so excited Ugh. but while they're escaping jim and huck are freaking out because they're like oh my god tom got shot yeah and jim and huck are like well uh, oh and jim's like well we can't just like keep going he needs to go to a doctor yeah and so jim. they stop to get Tom help yeah. putting everyone in jeopardy. And basically then Tom's actual aunt comes back uh-huh. and um, is like, what the heck is going on? And everybody is confused. Because she's like, Huckleberry Finn, what are you doing <laughs> here? And they're like, dead. that's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, it's not. That's Huckleberry Finn, the boy we thought was dead. <laughs> yes. So basically Tom has also been like stealing letters so that th- she doesn't, so the people they're staying with don't find out who yeah. it is. And then, oh, it's such a mess. And oh my God. we find out in like the most frustrating bit of all, they're like, they recapture Jim. Yep. And so every, Huck is freaking out. Everyone's mm-hmm. freaking out. And they're like, oh, you're terrible. How oh my could God. you? And Huck, Jim literally got captured because he was helping Tom. And Tom... It's like, well, you guys can't capture Jim. He's a free man. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah. Um, what's her name? The widow Douglas. Um, no, but it wasn't the widow. Oh, the it? other one. Yeah. yeah. She died and freed him in her will yeah. two months ago. This entire book, Jim has been freed. And Tom didn't bother to say anything. <gasps> he just let Jim continue to be enslaved enslaved <laughs> and, and did not say anything his life. risking his life and saved his life or, oh this is all and a of game course, to that's Tom. the only reason he even agreed to quote free jim in the first place he yeah. wouldn't have done it if jim actually hadn't been but, free yeah because tom is a shit tom doesn't care tom is shitty and I huck is him. the only one who has any morals yeah, here. it's true well i guess i mean i'm i'm grateful that the woman like freed him in her will i'm like i mean yeah i guess that was big steps for the time I was glad for that. But also, how much of a monster do you have to be, Tom? It was... <laughs> he really is like Peter Pan, who was also kind of a monster. Absolutely. It's so frustrating. I would just... Oh, my God. It I makes mean, I you want to kill somebody. But I'm like, Tom, <laughs> I... I would oh, hit Tom Sawyer. I don't care. I think I would slap I'd slap him. him in the head. <laughs> yep. Right in the head. <laughs> I mean, after all of that, 
And Jim is rich now, too, because, yeah. oh, but then Tom is like, well, here, I'll pay you for your trouble. Yeah, he's Which like, because you were so good and patient about, like, like basically about being, being a prisoner, being a prisoner for no reason. Here, you can have this money. Yeah. And Jim's like, hell yeah, I knew I was going to be rich again. <laughs> but I'm like, Jim, you do not have to be this you nice about not. this. I he's definitely so nice. wouldn't. I would have been like, Tom Sawyer, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I will literally murder you right now. Because <laughs> going to kill you. And so, yeah. So it. And Hawk is like. No. What? Oh, 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 it's so crazy. Oh, and there, and he's, and then Jim is like, he's like, well, they're like, Huck, so you can come back home with us now. And he's like, I can't. My pap is there and he might kill me. And then Jim oh, yes. is like, oh, Huck, I got some news for you. Yeah. At the beginning of the book, Jim went and found, found his dead yeah. dad, but didn't yeah. tell him because yeah. he thought he'd be upset. Yeah. And so Huck is like, what? Whoopee! So really a lot of things have been fine from basically the beginning of the book. Which and they could have of, gone home. I know. The irony is interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so then at the end, I guess everything is kind of good because Jam is free. Um, Huck, his dad is dead. Uh-huh. Um, but at the very end, he's like, yeah, and well, I expect the, the widow will dot me. But, uh, you know, I might light out because I just don't think I can stand it. <laughs> It's like, I just don't think I can stand being civilized again. Oh, wait. Maybe it's Aunt Sally. I don't know. He did, um, but he did start to kind of, like, enjoy being, quote, unquote, civilized before. Yeah. Like, he started to get to where he liked it when his father showed up and ruined everything. So I'm kind of, in my head, I hope that that's what happened. Because I'm like, you need to go finish school, sweetie. Like, you have so much potential. You are 100 million times smarter than Thomas Sawyer. So. Oh, a million. You need to have one million more opportunities yeah. than him, please. Huck is smart. I mean, he gets out of a lot of scrapes. He's so smart. And not only is he smart, but he just has so much empathy. Like, I know. Throughout the entire book, he one of the main reoccurring themes is that he just has empathy for people and yeah. so that affects his decisions it does yeah like like and he can also the beginning, read people really well he can yeah, yeah. he knows exactly he's really intuitive so intuitive um, yeah and so oh i just love him so much huckleberry finn is a precious sweet angel and he I love is him so much i i truly think it's oh i found a good quote while well, i was looking up uh i was just like looking at mark twain stuff uh but is it a Mark Twain quote or a quote Yeah, it's book? a Mark Twain quote. I used to be obsessed with Mark Twain quotes. If you guys want to be so amused and also like, oh my gosh, that's true. Just like go look up just pages and pages of Mark Twain quotes. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. Yeah. Um, but this is about like Huck's character and like kind of the themes in the book. But it says, Twain in his lecture notes proposes that a sound heart is a surer guide than an ill-trained conscience and goes on to describe the novel as a book of mine where a sound heart and a deformed conscience come into collision and conscience suffers defeat. Oh, that's exactly what <laughs> it's exactly what is. it's about. Wow. Um, because like we said, like there's no reason for Huck to be the way he is. And yet he is. Yeah. And he chooses to help people and try to like, see their point of view yeah and i think that that's so great and especially like in such a like this book is so interesting to me because it's at the same time like it's simultaneously really funny and like easy to read and kind of like an adventure novel and really fun like that but at the same time there's kind of a very dark thing under the surface where it's really hard to read about time periods where people were treated like this yep and it really makes you uncomfortable. And Good. especially, I will say this, like the language in this book is hard to read for especially modern audience because it really it's really um, 
I mean, it's not acceptable language. <laughs> it's at all. absolutely not acceptable. Yeah. But it was so standard back then. Yeah. That so you, I understand yeah. why it's written like that. But yeah. I will say, like, for some people, it might be hard to read because yeah. of that, which I totally understand. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But the messages in this book are so good and important and I'm so proud of Mark Twain yeah I think that it was important to write and uh, especially I mean I don't think it's a perfect criticism of you know I don't think it's a perfect anti-racist book because of course Mark Twain is white Mm -hmm. there are um I will say that sometimes I wish that he had characterized Jim a little differently yeah because I do think that sometimes it comes across as He's like really innocent. Or he's dumb really or innocent. Not really dumb, but just not. Yeah, it's 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 like he's almost. I wish he was a more little like deeper. A, he's like childlike. Yeah, which yeah, which is kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think that well, you don't get the sense that Jim is dumb. Jim is no. really smart and he's very kind. But I yeah. think that part of what it is is that it's almost like are we saying that jim is worthy of being free because he's a nice person when it should just be that inherently because he's a person yeah but i don't know if that's exactly what he's saying but i think that it could be construed that way i could be construed that way i don't think that's what he was saying yeah because i I don't think there was a connection of good people should slaves who are good people should be well that's not what i mean exactly i just mean like as an example of Mm -hmm. it i don't know exactly it could be definitely read that way i don't think that's how it was intended but it could be and yeah this book could be pretty triggering for some people i guess yeah Um, which is acceptable that's fine um if you feel that way Uh, i love it it's so it's really refreshing (laughs) compared to a lot of the other literature of the time because it is so much more progressive than any of it oh no i i fully believe that huckleberry finn is a really important so, like novel for social change because mm-hmm. a lot of people you have to consider when it was written of yeah. course it's not going to perfectly summarize no. anti-racism Mm-mm. it was written in like 1875 yeah and I'm by a sure, man from the south by a man from the south yeah but i think that what it did do was kind of it was a voice a very from a very prominent author mm-hmm. that was very clearly and like anti-slavery Slavery. yeah which i think is important especially considering who was going to be reading it yeah especially like, considering this is something like that people from the south would read and could be empathetic to yeah and, yeah which is you know different than when you feel like somebody from outside of your social circle or your like life experience is telling you something you might mm-hmm. not be as receptive to it so i think writing it the way he did probably made more people receptive mm-hmm. to the idea who needed to hear it yes but yeah Definitely not totally perfect agree. anti-racism because there's still some problems. But anti-slavery, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that it was at least, I think a lot of, I mean, if not everything's, I think it would be very hard to write a perfect book no, that would be you in. Can't. You so can't, people I think today that, can't do it. No, so exactly. It's not possible. I think that, I, I understand there's a lot of like criticism of this book, but I think it's very much an I think it's Anti- more praiseworthy than criticism. I completely agree. Yeah. I think that it's really important. I totally agree. And it's super fun to read also. It is. It is. <laughs> which is part of the, this is the thing where like, I feel like a lot of people who are like, I just want to like make a change in the world. Like as a writer, you can get like really on your soapbox in your writing, but that's like the worst way to actually make a change. Mm-hmm. You want to do like a Mark Twain style where the story is so good, you can't put it down. Mm-hmm. And that theme that you're trying, like what you want to get across is so intertwined in the theme and that theme is so prevalent and easy to see throughout the whole book but doesn't the story is still the primary focus like that's the way to communicate yes mark twain was so good at doing that yes i think stand-up comedians really are too which is the same thing because you just think you're being entertained but they're also kind of revealing like important truths about society at the same time 
Um, like people have been saying that uh, stand-up comedians are kind of like the canary in the coal mine these days. You know, like the first ones to like when they start making jokes about something in society, you can be like, oh, I need to keep an eye on that thing and see what's about to change. <laughs> um, he has the canary in the coal mine. I've never heard that. You never heard that? No, I like it. Because they used to keep it. I think it used to be because um, canaries, when there was going to be a cave in, the canaries would sense it first in the coal mines. <gasps> oh. I think that's what it was. They were like, they kept canaries in coal mines. It was a warning system. I don't remember specifically cave-ins or some other hazard, but that's why. So the canary in the coal mine would sing and they'd be like, uh-oh, time oh, to get out. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. That's that's a good analogy. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I love Huckleberry Finn. I, I think it's amazing. I think that more people should read it. I think so. And I think you don't. This is like, if you are, I've said this before about other classics we've read, but truly, truly, if you're like, classics are really hard to read, this one is not because it is written from a child's perspective in an uneducated child's voice. Yeah. So even if you are an uneducated child, you could still read this book. Um, and it's fun and it's fast. It's very fast paced. It's really funny. Yeah, it's super funny. <laughs> it's this is it's not a long book. It's no. definitely it doesn't even feel like reading a classic. It feels very contemporary because it's so like humor, adventure, fast paced. Let's yeah. go. Very simple language. There's no like flowery, you know, trying to no, like No, but it's that. also like it's not like you're being it feels, uh, what am I trying to say? Mark doesn't assume that you're stupid. You no. Know? That's what he's I... He's not talking down yes, to you at all. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like he respects your intelligence enough to that he's like, you're going to get it, even though I've written it this way. Yes. Yeah. It just, it, oh, it's so good. Like, even though, even Huck thinks he's doing the wrong thing, you're going to get, he's actually doing, doing the, right the right thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, Mark doesn't, he doesn't explain. No. He doesn't have to explain things to you. You're going to get that Tom Sawyer is an idiot, You're even gonna, though Huck thinks he's very a, a genius. Evident. Yeah. You, you and Huck are going to be kind of on the same page of like, wait, that's really, that's what you want to do? Yeah. Except that Huck is a child. So it's fun to, it's really fun to see, like, I could see like as a child, I can see you can follow the child logic. I also feel like. Samuel Clements, how did he really nail, like, the childhood logic thing? Yes, he did. In Tom Sawyer, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, too, where you're like, wow, like, flashbacks to childhood really does, it really does feel like this. These things that, like, you're like, this is life or death as as a child. (laughs) Exactly. And it's so real to you. Yeah. And in childhood logic, like, Tom's logic, which, I mean, Tom, I think, is still out there for a kid, but Huck's, like, way of trying to um, rationalize Tom's logic Mm -hmm. is so exactly what a child brain would yeah. do. Well, Tom's been to school more than I have. I guess yeah. he knows better. Exactly. And Tom's kind of the <laughs> ringleader of all the kids. Yeah. So you kind of assume like, well, he's the one who's kind of in charge of the kids. Mm-hmm. So he knows more. It's just like so easy to see the logic of it. Yes. And it's just like, it's also just like, it's so fun because he's such, he's just a kid. And Huck is a very smart kid. He's very smart. Yeah. And like we said, very kind. He's, he's so a very sweet. good narrator to like, be in the head of yeah i just i would read 80 more books with tom narrating them with huck i mean with huck narrating <laughs> not tom not tom not tom sorry <laughs> joking it's okay uh, with I, huck there was not ever a part of me that thought you actually meant tom sawyer <laughs> he's just i just love it'd him be dearly. like listening to peter pan narrate something and i wouldn't want to hear that either. oh it'd be i don't want to get in that head no it's <laughs> a sociopath i swear tom, sucks. tom sawyer's written from the third person right is that i don't even remember yeah, it's third person. It's third person. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank God. No I know, right? He's, even even Mark Twain was like, I can't "How do, do I that. write in the head of this? No way of a sociopathic little boy." I know. Um, but yeah, great book. Um, great book. themes. Great. Great uh, writing. So great clever. writing. He's so funny. Yeah, I laughed out loud multiple times. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
Yeah, same. It's just accessible. Is This book is just so accessible. It doesn't matter how much time passes. It's just, it's easy to understand what he's saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and entertaining at the same time. And I think one of my favorite things about Mark is that he's so good at, like, poking fun of things. Uh-huh. It, sort of in a stand-up comedian way, like, things that you might not even think about, but then yeah. as soon as he points it out, you're like, you're oh, like, oh, I know God, exactly what you way. mean. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why he feels like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so funny. Like, the way that he goes... He just pokes fun of everybody. Like nobody's yeah. safe. Like the um <laughs> the part where he w- where Huck is staying with that family with the feud, uh-huh. and he keeps go- talking about like all the paintings that that dead girl had painted that were like uh-huh. being all forlorn, alas, and all yeah. that. <laughs> that was so funny to me. So funny. Or like there's that one part where um they're talking about. The Duke and the King were talking about the town that they were swindling and said something like, well, that'll get the fools for sure. And that's a majority in any town. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. He found like the humor and the meaning in like the tiniest aspects of life. Yes. And he communicated it so well. Yeah. Even just some of the little conversations between Huck and Jim on the raft are hilarious. They like are. talking about like King Solomon or like um, (laughs) also some of them are so sweet when they're talking about like, I don't know, just looking up at the stars and being mm-hmm. sweet. And I'm like, oh, I love this book. I love it anyway. so much. Well, what was your favorite part of this book? My favorite part... <laughs> My favorite part is... Tom- is- I keep saying Tom. My favorite part is Huck's big, all right, I'll go to hell realization oh, towards the end. Yeah. It really it's struck so me when I read it the first time. Because mm-hmm. I think that it kind of is like... Sometimes I think about it whenever I'm like, I just don't, that doesn't feel right to me yeah. about like, you know, things even in our society or things that yeah. people in my circles yeah. agree with. And if it doesn't feel right to me, sometimes I'll think about, about that, about moment. that yeah. moment. It was really powerful to me yeah. when I read it. Because um, it's so like, he was willing to just put everything yeah. aside for that. And I think that's amazing. I anyway, that is amazing. what's your favorite part? Um, I think... This is going to be tied for favorite and least favorite part is um, <laughs> when at the end, Tom's like, oh, actually, Jim's been free the whole time. Oh, my God. Because I was like, first of all, I'm, I am I could wring your little neck, Thomas Sawyer. How, oh, I can't. I'm so yeah. angry. So that like, least favorite part, no, because I'm like, none of this had to happen. <laughs> none of this suffering had to happen. But then I'm also like, oh, my God, he's free. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, yay. He doesn't even have to keep trying to, like, go escape to freedom. He's already free. This is fantastic. Yes. And Huck's dad is dead. That's the best news ever. <laughs> good news after good news. Exactly. So that's my favorite part, but also my least favorite part, because you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh. So frustrating. Yeah. What was your least favorite part? My least favorite part is that, like, the whole ending. <laughs> I honestly kind of wish Tom just wasn't in it at all. <laughs> like yeah. at the end. Oh yeah. I wish, and I think that I was reading that that's kind of a common criticism. A lot of people hate the ending, uh-huh. but then other people are like, well, it has to have that ending. And I'm like, I need to do more research into like, what was Mark trying to do with adding these multiple chapters at the end with Tom? I kind of like it. Really? I, I kind of like it because it really shows the difference between Huck and Tom like Tom is all like yeah let's free Jim but he's doing it for the adventure not because he cares at all and Huck is like doesn't is actually not really interested in the adventure at all he's just trying to help his friend and I just feel like it was a really good foil I I feel like Tom's purpose in this book was to be a foil to Huck yeah and also you got to see a lot of like you really got to see because Huck's kind of like trying to be an adult the whole book and you really got to see he kind of reverts to being more like a kid again with Tom 
Um, yeah, I thought but was, I almost like don't like that because I feel like he's come. Not that I want him to be an adult, but I mm-hmm. feel like he's come so far only to then get sucked back again, into the Tom the, Sawyer thing yeah. at the end. And I'm like, but you have learned so much, and you're so much mm-hmm. better than this. And but it, he's a kid. I I liked. It. I think it kept it more light. I like really part of it is my preference. I like lighthearted things, and I felt like. Tom kind of brought the lightheartedness back a little bit because it was just kind of getting more and more serious. But I don't like that because it wasn't because it was a very serious moment in the story. It was. And adding Tom just made it so much more frustrating because like Tom's little antics are fun in Tom Sawyer. But when the mm-hmm. stakes are this high, I know, it wasn't it wasn't fun when I say lighthearted. I was furious, but I could see how Huck is just a kid and could get like, you know, world back into that, like you said, which is frustrating but I just I don't know I don't understand what the point is in the context of the story yet like why mm-hmm. the, for the trajectory of the story why did it have to go like that well to, how how would you have had it end? I would have had it end with how. him rescuing Jim after his big realization and that's the climax of the book and then they're out of there but then they wouldn't have known that Jim was actually free I know but I'm wondering like what the point of that was like what is the point of Jim of the irony of Jim actually being free the entire time I don't know I feel like there is a point to it though I know see that's why I need to do more research yeah I'm sure I'm I'm sure people have valid opinions on both sides of it sides of it I liked it because I almost I liked getting more reasons to rage at Tom <laughs> so, <laughs> you're like I love hating Tom Sawyer I oh my god Sawyer, the yeah. most angry I've ever seen anyone online was in a review for Tom Sawyer oh my god and it was somebody just going off about how he is literally devil spawn and how much they hate <laughs> Tom Sawyer it was like five paragraphs oh, it was a full so funny. essay about how much Tom Sawyer is horrible and yeah. it was cracking me up that is I could I could write that and then we have, um, what is it, the uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, oh my. where Tom Sawyer returns as a gunslinger, as a super hot gunslinger, like adult. How is this fair? Not the same. It should have been Huck. It, it should have been, been Huck. <laughs> it is not fair that Tom Sawyer gets to come back hot Hell as a no. special agent. No. That's exactly what he wants. Special agent Tom Sawyer. Oh my God. <laughs> it should have been special agent Huckleberry Finn. How can I help you? <laughs> Oh, also, have you awful. ever? I think Mark is really good at names. He's Tom Sawyer so is a great name. Huckleberry Finn. Mm-hmm. Who would have ever thought of that? He name? got like the musicality. Yeah, of names very well. Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> yeah. Huckleberry Finn. Have you ever had a huckleberry? Um. Yes, I have once. I really liked it. Is it like a blueberry? Huckleberry. Yeah. Um. I don't really remember much about it. I remember that I liked it. That yeah. That's all I really remember. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Um. To me, I mean, if I'm thinking of the right berry, they look kind of like blueberries, but smaller and darker. Hmm, okay. I think. I think they grow like more in mountains. Yeah. Mountain huckleberries. I think. I don't know 100%. Um, I'm not an expert on huckleberries. <laughs> uh, Ash, how come you don't know everything about huckleberries I right could tell now? you a lot about blackberries and marionberries, which are basically <laughs> the same thing. Cause I they're, love that. There's, they're everywhere in Oregon. Everything in Oregon is blackberry or marionberry flavored. Oh. So I currently am not a fan because everything is. Because they grow like literally like weeds. Like we had to kept every year we had to like chop them out of our property. Oh. What's a marionberry? It's a blackberry. I've never even heard of it. It's totally just a blackberry. Okay. I have no idea what, the, what y'all think the difference is i'm gonna tell y'all there's no difference it's exactly the same no idea why i'll have different names for it they're like we're tired of calling it blackberry let's give a new name for we this need to guy. rebrand blackberries <laughs> oregon's getting tired of them how can we rebrand it 
Um, yeah. We need a fun, fresh, sexy new look for blackberries. I know. I had a great grandmother named Marion. She was a hoot. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Marion Berry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, do you have uh, favorite quotes from this book? Yes. Uh, well, there's. I had too many saved in my Audible mm-hmm. to, like, go through all of them. But, yeah. Like, that's how funny this book is this book and is how well written. another one that's, like, almost every other line every is other line, a quote. Yeah, could have been my quote <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I ended up going with, um, well, besides All Right, Then I'll Go to Hell, which I love. Uh-huh, I think um, I'm going to go with, it might not even, it's not technically even in the book, I guess, but it's, like, sort of Mark's little note at the uh-huh. beginning. Yeah. Cracks me up. Persons attempting to find a motive in this narrative will be prosecuted. Persons attempting to find a moral in it will be banished. Persons attempting to find a plot in it will be shot. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. Mark Twain is the one who said, um, like about writing, uh, basically anywhere that you don't know what adjective to use, just put damn and the editor will fix it for you later. <laughs> I thought that was super funny. <laughs> Isn't that great? He's so good. <laughs> He's so clever. Um, I, so tons of favorite quotes from Mark Twain. That's my favorite quotes of any author of all time. Um, and I've been obsessed with them for years, but I'm just going to go with the first quote that I underlined in this book on page 13 because it, it feeds my, uh, rage for Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so he's, it's, Huck is talking to, uh, the widow Douglas, I think, or maybe it's Miss Watson. I don't remember. Um, and they're chatting about like, uh, heaven and also being a civilized child and stuff. And, uh, sometimes he brings up Tom Sawyer and she's always like, oh my God, <laughs> yes. the worst. Because everyone in the town is also, all the adults in the town are like, Tom Sawyer is just oh, the they, worst kid. He's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I asked her if she reckoned Tom Sawyer would go there, AKA to heaven, the good place. <laughs> and she said, not by a considerable sight. I was glad about that because I wanted him and me to be together. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. I remember highlighting that. That's so funny. <laughs> not by a considerable sight. A child is not going to heaven. It's so funny that such like a pious adult would be I like, know. no, not him. Not Tom Sawyer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. Oh, goody. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, we... That's a good one. There's a lot of funny bits at the right at the very beginning with like the the gang and all that. Yeah. It's fun. It's 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 got so many funny bits just like the whole time. But like different like vibes of funny in the different yes. like stages of the story. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's super funny. Um, see, lessons learned from this book. Uh, Huckleberry is an absolutely acceptable name for your child. Absolutely. Huckleberry O'Rourke, hopefully my future child. I can see it. Huckleberry Aeschylus O'Rourke. <laughs> Huckleberry Aeschylus O'Rourke. Huckleberry Aeschylus Dragon Slayer O'Rourke. Done. Wow, that name has so much power, right? <laughs> it is the supreme name. I, re- I yeah, I I can't see anybody even t- attempting to make fun of somebody for that name. No. What would you do? Like, <laughs> how could you? I would assume they were had magical abilities. You know? I would too. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I would also be like, wow, your mom must be the coolest person ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh man. I'm going to do it when Hoppy leaves the hospital room. I'm just going to make the uh, the executive decision. <laughs> You're going to write that down on the, the real quick. Oh, I'll be like, it was the Demerol. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry Oh, it's about fine. It. He'll grow into it. <laughs> He'll grow into it. Oh, he would have to. It would be adorable. Oh, a little baby named Huckleberry. <laughs> and call him Baby Huck. Baby Huck. Baby Huck anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> You could make his, like, nursery, like, Mississippi riverboat (gasps) themed. Oh, my God. This is an amazing idea. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Oh my god, it's an amazing idea. Oh my god. It's I'm, really I'm just going to plan for it and I'm just going to make it happen and Javi will after the fact realize what's happened, I think. Um, oh baby. I know. Uh, see what's uh, oh, or I, I could bet name Huck our... was so cute when he was a baby. Oh, I'm sure. Not he that was anyone precious. cared. No one cares about Huck. Okay, well, sorry. Well, the widow Douglas and Miss Watson really do seem to care. They do care. They care in their like kind of stodgy adult way, but they care. They care enough to like make. I'm sure not he's sure that Tom cares. Tom is like, that's my t- other toy. Huckleberry I really do. Think... <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe I will I'll say... name our new dog Huckleberry. At least in. Oh yeah, that's a good name for a dog. Yeah. At least in Tom Sawyer, I do. I did think that it was maybe a little bit of a brownie point for Tom that everyone I remember being kind of like, "Oh, Huckleberry Finn!" Like mm-hmm. he was kind of like outcast, dirty boy who nobody yeah. cared about. But Tom was like, like, "All right, Huckleberry Finn!" Yeah, and true. they would just hang out. Yeah, like, they do. They're they're good adventure buddies when they it. can just be kids. When it comes to anything remotely serious, <laughs> Tom should not be exactly. Anywhere near Tom's it. not yeah. allowed. Anyway. Tom is totally no Tom's allowed. No, Tom, no Tom's allowed. Other um, uh, lessons learned. Well, one lesson is no Tom's allowed. No Tom's allowed. No, that's uh-huh. write that down real quick. <laughs> um, another lesson: uh, if somebody tells you that they are a long lost king, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> Do not believe them. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Watch um, your pocketbook. Seriously. Oh, another God. lesson. Follow your convictions. Mm-hmm. Follow your convictions. If yeah. you know something's not right, don't do it. Yeah, stick to your gut. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Those are all good lessons. Those are all good lessons. Yeah. I mean, like, there's like a million lessons you can pull from this book. Uh-huh. But I feel like we don't need. To, I feel like it's obvious. You guys already. got it. You guys got it. <laughs> or you can <laughs> go can read it. That? Yeah, you should go read it. Just You'll for, get it just for the hell of it because it's an awesome book. Um, is there anything else we usually? Oh, Pinky's up. Pinky's up. Five. I have to give it five. It's yeah. one of my favorite books of all time. Same. Ugh, love it's that so for good. us. Ugh, it's very fine. rare that we agree on a classic. Uh, that's true. It's Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like no way that you can. Can we read Tom Sawyer too? At some point? At some point, yeah. We <laughs> Maybe should. we should read The Prince and the Popper. Oh, yeah, we could do that one. That would be fun. That would be super fun. I'm going to talk about The Princess and the Popper Barbie movie a bunch though. <gasps> My favorite Barbie movie. <laughs> I'm just like you. I'm just like you. <laughs> just like me. You're just like me. <laughs> I do know every word to every song in that I movie. also do still <laughs> all these years later. That I lost most of my childhood memories, but that one stuck oh for some God, reason. Oh my God, they're just so good. They are good. We can read the inspo material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm like, mm, the adaptation's better. <laughs> yeah. I think I prefer the Barbie adaptation, but Mark, Mark did his best. <laughs> I saw a like, um, Letterboxd review for Barbie Princess and the Popper the other oh day that God. was like, do you guys think this is what Mark Twain envisioned? Or- <laughs> <laughs> oh Mark Twain is rolling over in his grave he's like oh my god <laughs> Haley and I want to be uh, Erica and Annalise for Halloween this year you should do it mm-hmm. you should totally do it that's a great idea I'm super excited oh that's so fun anyway. so, is there anything else we want to say about this book uh nope okay well next week which we're about to record for you guys in like 10 minutes here we are gonna do one of my all-time favorite books in the entire universe we're going to do the first book in the Sentinels New Orleans series, Royal Street. I forget which one it was. It's Royal, Royal Street. <laughs> Royal Street. Uh, River Road is the name of the second book, uh, so I get them kind of mixed up. I was looking, but. and all of them have pretty good titles. They do, and I got so excited reading it that I am like on the third one now. No way. And I never read outside of pod requirements, uh-huh. but I have because I can't stop. I'm like, I don't need TV. I need more Sentinels, need of, New Sentinels of New Orleans. <laughs> Whoops, I just took off all my Mardi Gras beats. <laughs> which is part of why we're, we're, we're it's also nice because Mardi Gras this week, so we really ended up super on theme for 
this weekend next. So oh, join yeah. us in our literary way of celebrating Mardi Gras. <laughs> Um, uh, happy Mardi Gras, y'all. Yeah, happy Mardi Gras. I think that'll be the day after this comes out. So you guys have fun with family and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Eat some king cake. We're eating it right now. Yes, I, absolutely. This is the first year I got to try king cake. Oh, my God. It's so amazing, you guys. Also, do not look up how many calories are in a serving. Don't. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's Mardi Gras. It's Mardi Gras. The whole point Nothing is excess. matters. Yeah, the whole point is excess. <laughs> I looked up and it was like, the origins of Mardi Gras are in the Catholic religion. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole point is like, do what you want before Lent. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you guys enjoy Mardi Gras. We'll see you guys next week for Royal Street by Suzanne Johnson. Thank you for joining us. And um, as Spoons mentioned earlier, you can give us a five star review if you want to. We won't. We won't if complain. If you want to, you want to. We won't mind. <laughs> it's just that Mark Twain would want you to. Also, I, Mark Twain. I can hear the ghost of Mark Twain, and he's saying right now that he wants you to. <laughs> There's also a, a couple expletives in there because that is his <laughs> style. But <laughs> exactly. No, if you guys liked us, though, give us a review, or you can reach out on social media. We love to hear from people. We'd like to know what you like and what you want more of, so we can, you know, make this book club something that's really fun for everybody you can follow us on instagram and tiktok at that pretentious book club you can also email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com that is our production company and you can even check out our website storysirenstudio.com to check out all of our cool merch um we have so now it's almost summertime and i feel like that means that i can justify getting some of the like mermaid with the headphones on and a book like logo stuff i am really excited i want the hat but it's been sold out do you have a hookup for me <laughs> yeah i have a hookup for you okay yeah i got you i was you. gonna ask you yesterday i forgot yeah i have a hookup for you i can order you a special one. Oh hell i yeah. might actually just do like another version from a different type of hat and upload that one because yeah that one's been sold out forever so yeah. I, and I want people to have access to the hat because like it's super I really cool. want the hat. I really do too. So I'll yeah, I'll add that to my list. Is to just um, I'll set up a new one. But yeah, I got you. I can get you, get you the hookup with the sample discount because uh, uh-huh. we're special like that. Um, that's right, y'all. I co-host this podcast, so that's I get right. One. So we still have to pay for our own merch, but we pay like two dollars less. <laughs> it literally is like two dollars less or something. <laughs> and we still have to pay shipping. Gotta it's... represent, you know. Yeah, uh, but I'm very excited about that. So um, go check it out and follow us on the social. And I think that's all of my reminders for you yeah, guys. I think yeah. That's it. Thank okay. you guys again. We love you. Love we y'all. Will see you next week. Bye. And until then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs)